The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, June 19th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome fan favorite adult industry veteran performer, Jay Playhard. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is wonderful to have you on, man. Props on all the great work that you've been doing. Yeah, it's it's uh, coming together slowly, but uh, we, we definitely, um, you know, we're looking forward to the future over here. I like the sound of that. Awesome. So let's dive into the interview. And typically I like to start off these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. And so uh, let's start off with your height and your weight. Okay. Well, uh, I'm 5'11", 190. What's your ethnic background? I am African American. What's your zodiac sign? Aries. And how old are you? 39. Let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? I am originally from a small town called Panama City Beach, Florida. What was life like for you growing up? What was young Jay Playhard like? Well, um, it's funny. Um, I come from a family of very religious people on one side, and then the other side, they're all criminals. So <laughs> so it was kind of a balance of both. I saw both worlds growing up. What was going on with your life uh, prior, like just prior to entering the adult industry? Well, um, how, how, how long? How long are we talking? Uh, like teenage years or, or just like right before COVID? That's up to you. Yeah, however you want, however you want to explain um, it. Well, um, in my earlier days, um, I, I, like I said, you know, I had a family of uh, people who lived outside the law, so I learned some of those traits, and it ended up taking me to a place that I didn't want to go to. Uh, you know, I served three years in prison, and then once I got home, uh, you know, I quickly decided that, you know, that wasn't a place for me. Uh, you know, it's a very tough place, very hard place. And, um, you know, started getting into swinging. I met a swinging couple. Um, I think they call them hot wives now, you know, hot wives and stags. So back then, um, you know, just fresh out of prison, uh, looking to have a lot of fun. Uh, this couple taught me a lot. Uh, they took me to my first swinger resort. I learned all about the swinging lifestyle and began to host parties in the early 2010s. Uh, those parties went on to become some of the biggest on the Gulf Coast. We hosted in uh, multiple places like New Orleans and Atlanta, Nashville. But once COVID hit, you know, that was, that was kind of the end of it. So um, I got into the industry initially to make passive income. Uh, because, you know, hosting events, it's a lot of work and, um, you know, you kind of only get paid the one time. So we started dabbling into content creation and it just kind of 
evolved into what it is now. All right, so let's let's actually talk about that evolution. I know that you sort of like lightly touched on it, but how exactly did you get into the adult industry? Well, it was something that I've always um, thought about, always you know kind of dreamed of. I I kept up with the who the stars were. You know, my favorite in college, um, I actually got to work with her too, was uh, Melanie Monroe. So, um, you know, just in college, you, you know, the, you know, the models and I played football on the football team. So we all passed around DVDs. I, I know that kind of dates, dates me a little bit, but, um, so just always having that passion for it and already, uh, being in an industry that's so sexually open, it just seems like a natural progression. Prior to entering the business, had you ever thought about joining the industry? Was it ever a teeny tiny little you know, idea oh, yeah. in the back of your mind? Many, many, many times. I mean, I just, I, I thought I had to go like to LA and find an agent and things like that. Um, I'll say that amateur creation and clip stores, which were, you know, were the precursor to uh, OnlyFans and fan sites, kind of made it easier to enter. Um, I kind of did my homework on cameras and, and um, lighting and things like that and started producing my own content. In total, how long have you been in the adult industry? Um, hosting events and doing content about 10 years. So 10 years in total doing events. How long have you been doing content specifically? Content about five. All right, awesome. Let's talk about your performer name. Where did the name Jay Playhard come from? How did you come up with your performer name? Well, uh, it's actually a play off of my swinger promotion company. Uh, the name of that company was Play Hard Parties. So there was this saying uh, where I was from that no one actually swings at the swinger parties. You know, it's just a bunch of people standing around. So initially, um, that's what we sought to change. And we called our parties Play Hard Parties. There's going to be a lot of playing, a lot of fucking, a lot of naked people. If you don't like it, this might not be the event for you. But uh, people loved it. And so it, it was just kind of a branding thing. Um, many swingers go by aliases online and things like that, and that just happened to be mine. Let's talk about your first experience shooting content. What was that experience like for you? I mean, clearly you come from the lifestyle. So whenever I've interviewed performers that you know were in the lifestyle prior to entering the adult industry, there seems to be a, a much more level of comfort performing in front of the camera versus, you know, maybe someone who, you know, had never done porn, had, um, you know, never been a part of, like, the swinger lifestyle. You know, them sort of, like, doing it in front of the camera. There might be some nerves in that sort of thing. Was that what it was for you? Was there a sort of, like, a comfort because of uh, your experiences in the lifestyle and hosting parties and, and that sort of thing for five years prior to starting content. Was there a bit more comfort for you performing in front of the camera? Most definitely. I mean, um, most uh, creators don't have the luxury of, you know, hosting all these events. I mean, we've gone and we will work these rooms called chocolate rooms on swinger cruises and swinger conventions. And it basically was a BBC room, you know. So I got, I, I got accustomed to being naked in front of people very early on in my journey. So that wasn't a problem. And then performance was never a problem. 
Um, so I would say yes. Um, you know, we do have a, uh, an advantage uh, coming from the lifestyle. I mean, I've, I've, I've made personal videos for couples for years, you know, just, you know, doing the conventions, the swinging and things like that. So once I converted over to producing my own content, it was, it was very easy. Let's get into the actual intricacies of that first shoe. Let's like, like actually go back in time and discuss it. Like, what was that experience like just period? You know, was it, was it an easy first shoot? You know, did you, uh, yeah, just let's go into that um, actual first shoot if you can remember it. It was, it was actually, um, we set it up um, the day before a swinger event. There were some uh, ladies and gentlemen in my event hosting group at the time who expressed interest in creating videos. And so that's what we did. We started with our, our own group. So we were already comfortable with each other. You know, we had, we had played multiple times on and off camera, you know, just doing party stuff. So it was basically us just doing what came natural. Uh, we signed our releases and a couple months later, uh, I opened my first brand. Very nice, man. Props. Awesome. All right. So we've been lightly talking about the lifestyle, uh, throughout, you know, these answers and that sort of thing. So let me ask you this. For someone that's listening that maybe has heard the term swinger before but may not necessarily actually understand what that means, can you break it down for the listener? What does it mean to be a part of the lifestyle? Well, it's, it's kind of funny you ask that because it can be different for, uh, you know, person person to person uh for me it's a freedom to explore sexually uh with with honesty and without the consequence of jealousy and things like that now for others it may be different um i've i've swung solo i've swung as a couple um i've swung as a third for a couple and in all those experiences you know you just get to meet people from across the world who think you know, in a similar way that you do, and you can enjoy your fun in a safe space, um, ideally, you know. Um, but I love it. I love it. Um, I've always known I was a non-monogamous person. Uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, like, the HBO Real Sex series. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my first exposure to it, you know, uh, being in high school and watching that. And I was like, man, I, I've got to be there. I, you know, that's where I want to be. And so to discover it later on in life, I was like a kid in a candy store. So I jumped head first in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? About starring in them? Well, at this point, it's, it's, um, you know, it's always cool when you get to work with somebody who you once uh, were a fan of for me. Because for me, I always want to be a fan of the game. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of doing this if I remain a fan of what I'm doing. So anytime I get to work with somebody I really, really respect and uh, admire their work, it's always a plus for me. Let's talk about the good and the bad about a porn shoot. When you're at a shoot, when you're shooting content, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Well, I think for the turn on, it would have to be chemistry. 
you know. Um, I know a lot of uh, coworkers that when they go on set, it's working. It's strictly working. You feel that. But to me, sex is natural. Sex is something that you can't really manufacture if it's good, you know. So for me, if I've got that chemistry with my co-star, I know it's going to be a good scene. Um, now, as far as what I don't like, you know, sometimes I've gone on set and um, personality clash, things like that, um, a lot of restrictions, you know, things, you know, things of that nature. Um, but I rarely, rarely have those instances. I may have had maybe two or three in five years, so I guess I'm lucky. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Well, I think I'd have to say oral if she's amazing at it. There is one partner I like to work with a lot. Her name is Iris May. Uh, we call her the throat goat. I mean, she just makes the dick disappear. It's just fucking crazy. <laughs> In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed? Uh, yes, actually, my fans love it. So I have a lot of cuckold fans and things like that, so they love to see me get worshipped and everything like that. So I always try to incorporate that as much as possible. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera, and is it the same as your favorite position off camera? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I have to say positions where I'm in the dominant role. Um, I'm dominant in my personal life. I mean, I don't know if you can tell that by watching the scenes, but um, I do like to be dominant. I am a bit of a sadist. So anytime we can incorporate some bondage in there and and uh, some some toys, I'm very very excited about that. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to say any position where I'm dominant, maybe doggy style, missionary. You know, I love the breeding, things like that. And of course, we know how a scene ends. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? Oh, cream pie all day, without question. You sort of went into it just a hair with the, the answers that you gave just in, in this previous set of questions, but I want to give you a chance to sort of break it down even further. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? It's very physical. It's very passionate. Uh, I like to mix uh, the hardcore with the passionate. So, you know, I may do a scene that's really rough where I'm doing some face slapping or something like that, spitting in her face, but at the same time, you'll see me give her a deep, deep French kiss, you know, um, allowing her to sit on my face, allowing her to be dominant from time to time. Um, but it, there has to be a lot of raw physical energy uh, in the scene for me to be at my best. So far in the time that you have been in the adult industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Now, I'm not necessarily looking for, like, top 10, top five, or anything like that, just names that sort of pop into your mind as like, wow, that, that was some good work. Well, um, Jane Dro is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, also, like I said before, Melanie Monroe, because that just takes me back to college in the dorm room. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of a mind fuck for me when I watch that scene. Um, Kendra Cox, me and her, we always, always, always make a great scene. It always goes viral. There's actually one where she's dribbling a basketball on the basketball court and giving me head at the same time. So that one's awesome. Um, oh, man, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> Who have you not worked with yet? 
that you look forward to working with in the future? Let's work on the power of manifestation. Who is on okay. Jay Playhard's wish list? Oh, man. Sarah J. Sarah J is probably the number one scene for me. Her, Melanie Monroe, Monet Devine, they were kind of the uh, trinity of uh, performers when, when we were all just fans, me and my homies. So uh, I'd say Sarah J is, is definitely at the top of that list. But also Kira Noir. Um, I'd love to shoot with Avery Jane again. Um, you know, there's a long, long list. I could go all day. I love it. Sarah J's a Florida girl. I'm just saying. I must, I, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm I've, just I've got that email on fire. I'm trying. Oh, if, if right. you hear this wide side, you know, book me. I'm ready. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Very nice. Are there any individuals in the industry, whether they be performers or like BTS people, is there anyone that you look up to? In the industry, is there anyone that inspires you in what you're trying to do with your slice of the industry? Well, I've, I've met quite a few people that have inspired me to to be inside of the business. A lot of male creators. I met Julian St. Jacques at AVN. He was very, very nice. Um, I recently met DFW Knight and uh, got a chance to work with him. So, you know, just being a fan of, of, of what they did for so long, it's very cool to actually meet them and, and talk with them and break bread with them. So um, those those guys would most definitely be inspirations of mine. Um, of course, Lexington Steele, haven't got to meet him yet, but he's definitely an inspiration as well. I mean, the, all of those names are legends in the game, period. Yeah, so great people to, to certainly get inspired by in this industry. Yeah, a great list right there. Well, now it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters might be curious to know if they don't know already. How much is Jay Playhard packing? Ten inches. <laughs> not, not, nothing crazy. Uh, they tell me I'm more, more thick than long, so, you know. We talked about the cum shots a couple of questions ago, so I want to dive deeper into that. As a performer, when you have a shoot coming up, when you're going to be filming a scene, do you do anything in particular to make sure that the pop shot, for lack of a better word, pops on camera? Yes, actually I do. Um, diet, um, vitamins, um, you know, just making sure that I'm ready. You know, I come from the content house lane so you know we shoot more than one scene per day i think the most i've ever shot is 10 scenes in one day popped in all of them um so for me it's it's you know just knowing your body knowing when to rest uh keeping those fluids in there and i've never had a problem for the listeners out there that are tuning in that might not know what a content house is can you break that down for them sure so um in my case uh, me and my partner, Savannah Star, Star Power Media, we come together at least once a year to do what we call Squad House. That's the name of our content house. Um, our next one in October currently has 40 creators who have RSVP'd. And what this, what this house is is a chance for creators from all across the country to work with people they never had a chance to work with. Uh, we've had a ton of success. My history as a, a swinger event host really, really helps us with this. 
so we kind of combine that atmosphere, that safety net for, and, and it's all about our ladies when they, when they come. So we handpick our guys, we vet them, we make sure they're tested within seven days, just like industry standards suggest. Um, and you come for three to four days and you just make as much great content as you possibly can, you know? Very nice. Awesome. And for the listeners, just to break it down, because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking content house, you know, are they all staying at the house or is it just that that, that house in particular is being used to uh, create the content? Well, sometimes it's a situation where we can allow people to stay on premise. Sometimes it's a situation to where we went off a block of rooms at a hotel. It just depends, you know, it just depends on the situation. Um, most of the time we have a rather large house, you know, houses that, that house 30 to 40 people. So that usually takes care of our crew and, uh, and, and co-stars or whatnot. So, I mean, it's, oh, my God. The last one in Dallas, I think we did 90, 90 scenes in three days. That's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, major yeah, props. Up. I mean, that sounds insane. <laughs> you doing 10 scenes in one day. And popping every time, that's insane. Props to you, man. You know, yeah, so this is, this is the content house lane is, is not a lane for, for the week at heart. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Ain't that the damn truth? Yes. All right. So what I want to do now is shift the tone of the interview just a little bit and talk about some of the more serious issues and aspects of the adult industry. And the first question in this set is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Well, um, that will just fuck anybody, you know, um, and that we're just ready to fuck whenever you want to fuck. Um, I can't tell you how many times I go out with my civilian friends and, you know, they want to introduce me to some, some, you know, some group of ladies and, the first conversation is, hey, my friend's a porn star. So that, that kind of gets kind of aggravating. But um, we're people too, you know. Um, I would say I need more breaks from sex than I did before the industry, which is crazy. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? Um, for the most part, I enjoy it all. I did, I will say, I will say this, I had to become accustomed to, you know, doing the conventions, um, doing the award shows, things like that. Um, that was something that I wasn't comfortable with just based on my previous history, you know, but if you're going to be a successful producer in this industry or a successful model in this industry, you have to go do that. You have to go network. So I fought it for the first three years of my career, and now I'm just starting to branch out. Let's talk about dating and the industry, dating and the lifestyle. You referenced earlier in the interview that you knew you were not the monogamous type, but even if you are the polyamorous type, I'm, I'm just curious to ask you, in regards to just dating while not only being in the lifestyle, but also being a performer in the adult industry, how difficult is it to date? Do you date? It's, extre it's extremely difficult in both. Um, I'm recently single, um, so I can say that I've had my problems in dating in the lifestyle. I've had my problems dating uh, in the industry, you know, um, and it's kind of similar, you know. 
in this industry, you have a lot of people who prioritize clout and things like that um, above relationships. And so you have to realize that this is a business and, you know, this may not be the place to fall in love. So I've made that mistake as well. As a black man in the adult industry, have you ever experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? Uh, yes, but I'm from a place, uh, North Florida, where that happens every day, all day. So I'm kind of ultra-sensitive to it. Um, I, I haven't encountered it much because I am an independent, but I have heard things, you know, about, you know, the, some of the major companies and not wanting to hire this person or that person because skin tone or whatnot, but I haven't experienced too much of it. Um, I've been blessed to be able to pave my own lane. And so, you know, with anything as a black man, period, in America, whether it be porn or otherwise, we're going to, uh, how do I put it? We're going to see opposition. You know what I'm saying? But the best of us, we fight through it and we always get through it. So I, I've always prided myself in that. Let's talk about the racially charged language that can be used in uh, interracial porn specifically. I mean, you referenced some of the terms earlier that, you know, some some individuals do find offensive. You know, things like BBC, things like Bull, Queen of Spades, and that sort of thing. I want to get your take as a performer in the industry just your thoughts on language that can be used um, in in porn as well as in, in the lifestyle when it comes to black men. Well, um, I'm, I'm kind of old school in my thought process on this. Um, like I said, um, when it comes to the term BBC, I'm not offended by it. Um, I use it to describe myself. Um, but I do understand if others are offended by it. Um, but like I was saying, you know, us as black men, we've taken some derogatory names for us and turned them into something else. Um, and I'm not of the ilk where we can have selective outrage, you know, about certain things. I mean, if you use that word in your regular conversation every day, are you really supposed to be mad at me for calling myself a BBC? Because at the end of the day, it's a search term. That's it. Um, if you give it power, it can be hurtful. If, if you don't, you know, we can all move on with our day. Speaking of search terms and that sort of thing, I want to get your take on OnlyFans and what they seem to be doing currently with adult industry performers. I've seen a lot of posts online about people's OnlyFans just vanishing. And they get these sort of um, generic terms of service messages as to why their account has been terminated. Which I think is fascinating because you would have thought OnlyFans would have learned their lesson from just a couple of years ago when they announced that they were going to be removing all adult content from their service, which at the end of the day, I mean, it is adult content that built their websites. I mean, let's just be fully honest about that. So I want to get your take on what's going on with OnlyFans. What's, what are your thoughts about it? What can be done 
to stop what they're currently doing, which seems to be, you know, the the complete removal, or the, or the not the complete removal, but let's say the slow, the drip, drip, drop removal of uh, adult performers from um, its website. All right, well, let's get spicy with this one. You asked the right person. So I recently lost my OnlyFans. Um, OnlyFans has never been a major... Um, revenue producer for me uh, simply because of how, how my brand is kind of set up. But I'll explain what OnlyFans is doing, okay? Are you a sports fan? Yes. Okay, so Jake Paul, you know who Jake Paul is, right? Yes. So when you look at a Jake Paul fight, right, and you look at his boxing trunks. Well, no, I don't look at a Jake Paul fight. Let me just say that. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I love boxing. I love combat sports. I, I, I watch it all. So Jake Paul, during his last fight, go look it up. He had OnlyFans on his trunks, man. So when you look at the type of people that are promoting OnlyFans now, OnlyFans has evolved. Yes, adult, and they're going to kill me for this when I say this. But it's the truth. OnlyFans does not care about us. They never have. So when those revenue, how they're, how they're going to replace that adult content revenue is ad revenue. If one of the biggest draws in boxing is, has you on, on their trunks, if Formula One racing has you on their cars, you see what I'm saying? They don't care about adult content. They want to get you off of there. They want to turn that into the next YouTube. And the sooner that creators understand that and learn that and learn about content partnerships with other sites, learn how to build your own website, learn how to be independent of these platforms and make your money, then you're going to be a slave to OnlyFans. There's a lot of people that are going to be going back to work once OnlyFans kicks everybody off. And it's, it's inevitable. So you feel that OnlyFans this time around, because remember, they tried to do this, or at least they announced that they were going to do this. So it was two years ago, they announced it, and uh, they caved, though, because there was like a huge uproar and backlash, especially because, you know, in 2020, because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were going on there. A lot of people were, like, doing adult content, this, that, or the other. So there was, like, a huge uproar. Do you think there won't be a huge uproar this time and they won't there's cave? A, yeah, there's an uproar now, but, but the difference is that they've had two years to prepare. That's why, the, that's why the terms of service keeps changing. You see what I'm saying? So at one point, you could tag the performer in the comment, and it was fine. Then they changed that. People, I, I, I know of five models that woke up to 50 violations for seven days straight. I woke up to 400. So when you look at it that way, um, they're just making it so difficult to remain on the platform that people are just going to leave on their own. Um, and like I said, those who don't diversify will be going to look for a job in two years. What's interesting about the whole situation, I mean, yes, OnlyFans exists, but there are other avenues that performers can use to release their content. So, I mean, it isn't like OnlyFans is the only website out there. And as you also referenced, 
I feel like performers have been using OnlyFans as a crutch ever since, you know, it became the hotness. You know, at the end of the day, everyone should be creating their own official website. They could have used OnlyFans as a means to release stuff, sure. But uh, the lure should have been, you know, come check out my website for, you know, extended scenes and that sort of thing. At least that's just Mm -hmm. my thought. Well, I mean, but OnlyFans, see, OnlyFans made it easy. No, see, correct. Started, yeah, all you have to you do know, is just, you know, click and yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, upload. You upload it, now you're a porn star, right? So when I started, like, you had to, you had to know your craft. You know, um, I always say that OnlyFans, OnlyFans made it easy for anyone to become a porn star. Before OnlyFans, you had to, there were gatekeepers, agents, all kinds of shit. That's why... Your mainstream does not like OnlyFans. They're bad for business. Um, it's it's a crazy ecosystem. You know, we could talk about it all day. But at the end of the day, OnlyFans has made their money from adult creators. They become a part of mainstream consciousness. And once that happens, they're going to be just like YouTube. You're not going to be able to say or do anything on there, you know, because they want those advertising dollars. That's what that's what the long term money is. Well, let's shift away from the serious stuff, and uh, we are going to talk about original content, but it's going to be your original content. Talk to the listeners about what they can expect to see from Jay Playhard's original content. Well, um, currently I have two brands. I have ThickVision.com, which focuses on body positive content uh, for for the male and female. Um, we currently have done over a hundred million views online for the Thick Vision brand. Uh, last year I launched my model brand, which is djplayhard.com, and that features me with various hot wives in my swinger, uh, lifestyle element. Um, a lot of my fans do come from the lifestyle, so I wanted to give them something that they could enjoy and they could relate to, and it's been going really, really well. Um, you'll see appearances from Subgirl0831, um, Iris May, who I talked about earlier, um, let's see, Fit Wife Jules, like a lot of the Hot Wife creators who have become popular via the OnlyFans, uh, you'll find them on that site. So it's, uh, it's been a great opportunity to kind of double dip. Very nice, man. Major props. And, uh, you know, as of uh, us recording this interview, I mean, there is a pretty awesome uh, XBiz article about Thick Vision. Yes. Yes. So that, uh, that article, basically, it features our newest series called One-on-One Encounters. Uh, we handpicked the performers for that, uh, for the chemistry, and we asked our models, who would you like to work with? Who's, who's on your hit list? Just like you asked me earlier. I ask them the same question, and then they tell me, and then we make it happen. And um, what came out of that that first scene with Jane Dro and Portal Rock was 40 minutes of pure magic. If you go watch it, I'm telling you right now, it'll instantly become one of your favorites. Fantastic. I love the sound of that. How often do you release new content? Weekly. Um, we're, we're 
getting to the point where we can release daily. I'm just trying to stockpile that content uh, because once we start feeding you, we don't want to stop. Um, but my website, they update with a brand new scene for streaming weekly. We also uh, release uh, content early. So if there's a, con if there's a scene uh, in the queue that hasn't released for streaming yet, you can always go to our stores and buy it and watch it early. In regards to the future of your content, is there anything that you currently aren't doing that you plan on implementing in the future, whether it's a, a specific scene type or something? Are there any ideas that are bubbling for you? Well, we've, uh, we've also started a series called J Play Hard Slut School, where myself and a female domain, we top a female submissive. Um, those scenes, I, I believe I've released the first starring Mistress Dolly and OMG Anna. Um, it is doing quite well, and we submitted it to Urban X for Most Outrageous Sex Scene. So if you're listening, please, please, please go nominate J. Playhart Slut School uh, for Most Outrageous Sex Scene for Urban X. How can the listeners find your original content? Well, you can go to my website, uh, thickvision.com. That's going to be T-H-I-C-C. V-I-S-I-O-N.com. Uh, for my hot wife content, it's going to be djplayhard.com. So it's T-H-E-J-A-Y-P-L-A-Y-H-A-R-D.com. Perfect. Now, outside of the original content, I mean, you do have your hands in a whole bunch of different pots, and one of those pots is a brand-new management company. Can you share with the listeners a bit about why you decided to take that next step and that sort of leap in, in I don't want to say in a different direction because it's still a part of the industry, but certainly it's a different side of the industry. It's more of the BTS side. Well, um, we've always, uh, my partner, Savannah Starr and I, we've always been behind the scenes people first. Uh, funny story, I started as a producer and I couldn't find any guys to be in my movies. So that's why I jumped in front of the camera. <laughs> and then the fans started saying, well, hey, we like his performance. Bring him back, you know, before knowing that I was the one who actually owned the brand. So that's kind of how that slowly evolved. Um, with our experience together uh, in the industry, we've done over 10 content houses together, uh, more than that separately. Um, We've built our websites. We've learned the PR side. So it, it just makes sense to help these young creators, especially here in Florida, where you have so many OnlyFans creators who may not know the ins and outs of the mainstream side. Um, it's been a great bridge. Uh, we, we've, we've done really well. Um, as you spoke about the XBiz article, we've also helped quite a few models open their own websites over the past few weeks. Uh, Stella Daniels will be one of the, those people. Uh, also, Insatiable Carla. Um, you know, just quite a few people have, have joined us, and we're helping them grow those, those brands the way they want. Now, outside of all of that, you have actually been working on relaunching your Swinger events. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about that and what that has entailed? Yes. So, in 2024, we will be bringing back Play Hard Parties, our super popular swinger events. Uh, unfortunately, COVID 
uh, kind of put an end, an end to it. You know, we couldn't really house, uh, you know, 200, 300 people anymore. So now we're going to bring it back. Uh, we're going to take our time. Uh, we've got some great partners uh, on that project, and we expect to be back April of 2024 in Orlando, Florida. Fantastic, man. Major props. I hope it's a huge success. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know, something unique about Jay Play Hard. I love comic books, like, like to an insane level. I still read them. <laughs> Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Right now, focus. I say focus. You know, I only need one word. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Okay. Power, BMF, uh, let's see, The Boys, all my Marvel shows. Every single one of them. And uh, hmm, five, huh? Let's see. I don't know. I don't know what that fifth one's going to be. I mean, Power does have, like, more than one show. So I'll say the original Power and then Power Book 2 Ghost. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with those five. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, man, that's easy. But... Um, Nipsey Hussle, Tupac, Biggie, Andre 3000, and Jay-Z. What are three of your most favorite films? Paid in Full, Scarface, and Avengers Infinity War. There we go. What are two foods you can't live without? Chicken, fried chicken, <laughs> buffalo wings. Like, I eat buffalo wings like three times a week. It's terrible. And uh, tacos. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Oh, guilty pleasures. Hmm. It's got to be sex. It's got to be sex. I enjoy sex. I think that's why I'm so good at this job. <laughs> what are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything? I just finished the second season of BMF this morning. What's next for Jay Playhard? I know that we sort of have been discussing a little bit about the future and what's to come, but is there anything that you missed, or is there anything coming up in the very near future that you want the listeners and your fans to know about that they should be checking out? Well, I know we talked about the Content House in October. That's the biggest one we've ever hosted. Um, I'll be at AVN in January. Most definitely will be there for that and uh, possibly Urban X in August in L.A. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as hook them up once again with the information on where they can find your original content? Okay, well, yeah, uh, my websites, again, are thickvision.com, two, that's two C's, T-H-I-C-C-V-I-S-I-O-N. Uh, and the second for my hot wife content, that's going to be thejplayhard.com. Um, you can find me on multiple accounts on Twitter. I'll just give you the most important one. It's going to be j underscore playhard. 
J-A-Y underscore P-L-A-Y-H-A-R-D. Uh, and then you'll be able to find all my other stuff uh, from there. IG is going to be the same thing, J underscore play hard. And, uh, you know, I interact with everybody. So if you're respectful and you want to send a message and ask a question, feel free. Well, Jay, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Uh, thank you all for supporting. We have so much cool stuff coming in the next six months. Um, those things aren't final yet, so I can't really push it out there, but I think I just gave you the scoop about the next uh, swinger party. Uh, I know my fans are going to be really, really excited about that. That's going to be in April 2024 on my birthday weekend, the 5th through the 8th. So mark your calendars. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Jay. All right. Thank you very much for having me, and I'd love to come back anytime. Fantastic. I love the sound of that. Yeah, you, you have an open invite. Whenever you want to come back to update the listeners on what you've been up to, that would be awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Jay Playhard and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. All right. Good night, everyone. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.